Hello, thank you for joining us. We are proud to welcome you to our special series, Quality Education, brought to you by Brill, where we talk about improving our current education systems for the radically changing 21st century global society. I'm your host, Lee Jung Greco. Today we're speaking with Dr. Jameson Brewer. He's an assistant professor of Social Foundations of Education at the University of North Georgia. His book is Homeschooling, a Guidebook of Practices, Claims, Issues, and Implications. Dr. Brewer, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. When it comes to demographics, what does homeschooling look like? And why has homeschooling grown in popularity over the last 20 plus years? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, here in the United States, historically, um, and, and also in contemporary uh, terms, uh, the majority of families who homeschool uh, from a, a racial demographic background uh, are white families. Um, and in a little bit, I, I, we may discuss uh, the sort of uh, financial context of homeschooling. And, and here in the United States, those two things, uh, racial privilege of being white and wealth do go hand in hand. Um, but across the board, there, there has been a growth in homeschooling over time. Uh, one of the fastest growing groups uh, is within the Black uh, community. Uh, they have different rationales uh, and reasons for homeschooling. Uh, a lot of families, uh, Black families will cite uh, concerns of safety um, in the schools uh, for their children, uh, and and that's that's an important conversation uh, to be had, uh, both in terms of what it means uh, for those homeschooled families, but also what it might mean uh, for public schools. Um, there has so prior to the pandemic, uh, there were approximately two and a half to three million, uh, roughly, um, students being homeschooled in the United States. Um, if we want to say we're post-COVID, and of course, with the caveat that COVID is not over, um, but <clears throat> as we've begun to move back into more traditional forms of schooling after the lockdowns, um, the number of homeschool families is approximately double of what it was prior to the beginning of COVID. Um, and, and so we've seen that massive increase, uh, but prior to uh, COVID, there have been a steady increase over time. Uh, still, uh, to date, uh, white families uh, do make up the majority. Uh, and to the, the previous point about uh, finance, um, it, not all families who homeschool are affluent or wealthy, of course. There are always exceptions to the rule. Um, but generally speaking, families who uh, homeschool tend to come from um, stronger financial backgrounds, uh, and that's that's easily understood when we know that, um, generally speaking, uh, it does require one uh, parent, um, and stereotypically, but it is often the case, uh, a, a mother uh, to to forego having a job and staying at home. Um, and in the work that I've done uh, in, in compiling some of the research, uh, we know that homeschool families, um, their income. Uh, from a demographic, an economic demographic is approximately three times higher uh, than the median personal income in the United States, um, and about fifty percent higher in terms of a household. And so, demographically, um, they tend to be uh, more affluent, uh, and they are uh, far and away uh, tend to be white. 
And so I'm curious, where does homeschooling fit into this larger debate over school choice? Yeah, it's a great question. So my research broadly conceptualized uh, is interested in understanding the impacts of um, privatization and marketization of schools. And of course, uh, part of that conversation uh, is school choice. And it takes on many forms. Um, school vouchers for students to attend private schools with public money, uh, charter schools, which are sort of a hybrid mix of a public and private um, delivery of uh, education, um, but then homeschooling. You know, homeschooling is um, is the quintessential um, example of both school choice, um, but the more fundamental um, underpinning of what it means, or for those who are interested in school choice, is conceiving of education as an individualistic good or an individualistic commodity. Um, and in, in the case of homeschooling, it is often individual-based, um, but understanding that that process of education and schooling is not something attached to a conception of the common or the public good, uh, but something that should be done um, with only one or a, a couple of individuals in mind, you know, if a family has siblings, which is often the case in homeschool families. Um, but very much within the disposition of, uh, you know, parents believe or rightly understanding that that it is their children um, but it does raise significant questions uh, about the, the context of school choice, um, particularly with homeschooling, um, because parents who, who may choose to send their child to um, a private school or a charter school through those school choice mechanisms uh, are still um, relying on some semblance of professional educators or experts to uh, provide pedagogy and, and teaching to their children. Uh, whereas in homeschooling, uh, that the artifact of school choice, or that the conception of choice manifested is not just um, that the, a child will be educated at home, or that the parent has the the, the right to make that choice, uh, but they are also making an active choice um, that professional educators uh, are not needed, um, and that uh, anybody. Um, by uh, virtue of being a parent uh, is qualified to, to teach a child and, and they express that choice uh, by keeping them at home. You know, for me, um, I, I, I'm a, an educator. I, I currently teach future teachers and I'm a former K-12 uh, teacher. My wife, partner, uh, she is currently a K-12 teacher uh, and we have two children, uh, two young children. Uh, I, I think that we... Uh, given our training and experience, um, arguably, or uh, would be considered qualified in some ways to homeschool our children. Um, but we don't, um, because even or, or despite of our expertise and experience in education, we recognize that we are not experts in all things pedagogy and, and specifically all of the content areas. You know, um, this actually happened during COVID, unrelated to COVID, but my daughter was riding her bike and she fell off of her bike and skinned her knee. Um, and I had the wherewithal and the understanding and the, the parental expertise, as it were, to know um, to clean the wound and, and apply a bandage. And everything was fine. Um, I, I, in that case, I did not need any outside um, expertise or intervention 
Um, my parental sovereignty um, provided me with the know-how of, of how to attend to her minor um, scrape that she had on her knee. But had it gone differently, uh, had she broken a bone, uh, for example, when she fell off of her bike, I think that we can all agree that regardless of the context or the geography, um, it would be very difficult for a parent um, to make the argument that they themselves uh, are capable uh, and um, able and qualified to reset a bone um, and suture wounds and, and things such as that. We recognize as a society that we need expert medical intervention when it's important. Um, and parents who do not do that um, you know, can potentially face consequences for neglect, um, uh, for failing to seek medical attention. So for me, when I think about how this applies to homeschooling, it, it raises the question of how is it then that we as societies and communities will conceive of education? Is it and is the process of children learning, is that important enough um, that we would need to have experts? Is it vital enough for the development of a child um, that we seek out trained educational professionals to provide those services for 13 or more years? Uh, or is education um, no more important than a, a minor scrape on the knee uh, in which somebody with no um, experience in, in medicine can, can attend to? Um, it, this should raise some concerns um, across all societies of uh, families who homeschool and what that means for how they conceive of the importance or, in many ways, the lack of importance of formal education for children um, who will, regardless of what the parents want to do or regardless of the extent to which they, they hope to shelter them or replicate their own political or religious worldviews in them, uh, these children will become adults and they will venture into a broader society. Um, and that society and that community has a vested interest in ensuring that the children um, who will, will become the adults of society moving forward are capable of operating within that world. Um, and the only way that we really can do it, it seems to me, is to ensure that, that we provide quality uh, expert education and pedagogy uh, from teachers in public schools. What are some of the political rationales for homeschooling? Is it always aligned with a libertarian view or the sense of rugged individualism? Yeah, um, you know, nothing is ever all one thing or another. Um, there are certainly families uh, who choose to homeschool uh, who do so from a uh, from the political left um, of of the political spectrum? Um, so it's not always one thing, uh, but by and large, um, a, a significant portion of homeschool families who do so either um, solely because of or partly because of political dispositions often do embody uh, the sort of libertarian. Um, disposition of rugged individualism. Again, homeschooling is the epitome of conceptualizing education and schooling as an individualistic process and an individualistic good or commodity, um, but also uh, very much built into the culture of homeschooling is not just a, a general distrust of government or, or the collective public, 
um, but actively disengaging from that. Um, homeschooling is one of the, or the homeschooling uh, culture and community is one of the hardest areas to do research on, uh, particularly from publicly available data, simply because the data that we have uh, is self-reported from that population. Um, there is a lot that we simply do not know about that population because they, by um, a political design, are disconnected from the government. And whether that is from a, a distrust of that or making political statements about um, a conception of a small government versus a big government, um, in, in just about every aspect of homeschooling, uh, there are political implications for it. Um, but yes, um, most of them, uh, again, whether they are actively choosing to do so from a, a libertarian disposition or ideology, um, the, the very practice of homeschooling uh, embodies a conception of um, disconnect from a government or disconnect from uh, local community and local oversight. You write about how COVID has changed perceptions around homeschooling. Do parents feel differently about homeschooling now? So as I, I mentioned earlier, that there, there has been a, a very large increase uh, in the number of children who are homeschooled um, post-COVID. And again, um, I'm, I'm not suggesting COVID is over, um, but certainly in this era where we are moving back into traditional forms of schooling. Um, you know, during lockdowns and during digital learning, uh, there, there were lots of media reports and conversations about, um, you know, children, all, all children across the globe were being homeschooled. And that, that was obviously a bit of a misnomer. Um, you know, the, the majority of, of students who were at home um, for distancing and, and quarantine, um, while they were with parents, uh, they were still being educated um, by educators uh, via the computer. And, that, you know, there's a different conversation to be had about the, um, the benefits of that and the, the downfalls of, of digital learning. Um, but that was schooling at home, um, not homeschooling. Uh, and I think that the increase that we have seen um, as we begin to move into a post, a truly post-COVID world, uh, is that the increase in traditional homeschooling will likely wane uh, for for myriad reasons. Uh, one, uh, parents are slowly being called back into uh, work um, to to be there physically as opposed to working at home. And, and for some, that may never change, but we do see an increase in that. And so from a logistical standpoint, uh, it's becoming harder for many families um, to perform homeschooling uh, if if the parent who would normally be at home is, is being called back into work. Um, my sense of it is that there are um, a, a certain portion of families who are currently doing homeschooling um, and did so because they they falsely understood homeschooling as a, a continuation of the schooling at home, where professional educators were providing curriculum and assessment for their children. Um, and, and it gave a false sense uh, for many parents of, you know, hey, I could do this. Um, and of course, the, a lot of them are being met with the reality um, that homeschooling is different than, than schooling at home. And, and anecdotally, in the counties in which, uh, where I live that surround me, um, I do know that um, uh, the, there's an increase of students who began the school year uh, as a home, a new homeschool uh, student, uh, but have since 
move back into the public school. And I, I think some of that uh, it represents a reality check uh, for some of those families. And especially as schools begin to uh, lift some COVID mitigation um, factors, such as distancing, uh, mask mandates, and, and things like that, uh, I think we'll likely see even more of those families move back. And, and the families who are currently choosing to homeschool uh, because of um, policies such as a mask mandate, obviously, are, again, um, making political decisions um, uh, that expresses some sense of government overreach in some way. Um, and so I, I do see that uh, COVID obviously uh, created the opportunity for many to um, experiment or try um, to do this thing called homeschooling. And, and whether it's because they they were newly afforded that opportunity because they could work from home or because they were expressing a political ideology, um, you know, anti-mask, anti-science, uh, these sorts of things. Um, things are, are slowly moving in the other direction uh, and the dominoes, as it were, uh, will continue to quickly fall. And, and I suspect that um, the number of homeschool uh, students will begin to move back towards uh, pre-COVID levels. Dr. Brewer, thank you again so much for taking the time to sit down with us. Dr. Jameson Brewer, he's an assistant professor of social foundations of education at the University of North Georgia. His book is Homeschooling, a guidebook of practices, claims, issues, and implications. You are listening to the Humanities Matter podcast. You can find more podcast episodes on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast.